People will come and people will go in life, as will each of us. This is a story of a search for a lost love, a lost wife. And yes, she will be found in this spooky tale. So stay tuned for this gruesome affair. My wife disappeared for a year, and now I'm finally going to get her back. Finding yourself in the talons of an owl in the shadows of the forest moonlight. It's a gruesome affair. Today marks the 12-month anniversary of your disappearance, a day in which I will never forget. It is today, in this wretched winter day, that you were taken from me, 12 days after we wished ourselves a good and blessed new year, 12 fucking days after we even finally decided not to go to that new mall that you kept begging me to go to. It was 12 simple days, 288 hours. Yet now, 12 whole months have passed, and I still keep counting. I kept everything as it was. You know, the key to our house is still under the fake plastic plant outside our small garden. The spare keys to your car are under the grill of your car. In case you ever come back home and wish to drive to that organic coffee shop you kept visiting. Although I always hated that place for its overpriced products, and its cringe, new-age hipster customers. It's now well cemented into my daily routine. It's my go-to place when I don't want to be locked inside the very same house that we both shared. I go there not for the service or products, but with the faint hope that maybe, just maybe, you will walk through that glass door causing that annoying bell attached to the top of it to chime. I've gone so many times there after you were gone that its annoying sound is embedded into my mind. It was Wednesday when you were gone, and I got used to hating that day now. But the thing I hate the most about that day is that you simply had to go on that morning jog of yours. You moved around the sheets as your alarm clock began to ring. I knew deeply you did not want to get up. In your heart, you did not want to get up. You wanted to stay longer under those 100% cotton, cruel-free sheets that you kept bragging to friends and family about. The very same ones you insisted me to buy instead of those cheap knockoffs from our local Home Depot. We used to laugh so much about these choices, but now it's nothing but a distant memory, an inside joke for my own self as an audience. But despite all the struggle that morning, you kept your routine as always and began preparing for your morning jog. In the meantime, I remained in bed while taking the chance to wrap myself with the plethora of leftover sheet material that you kept stealing from me while sleeping. We spoke a bit afterwards. As we ate breakfast together, you told me you planned to get back home as soon as possible so we could head downtown to that winter marketplace that had opened up recently. We planned to get some street food for lunch and walk the streets while holding hands before heading back home and relax in our comfy bed once more. But such dreams never came to be fulfilled. As you never came that morning, you never came as soon as you promised. The only thing that came that morning was the ill realization that something went wrong. 
panic began to fill my mind as hours of unanswered texts and calls piled up. Police said I had to wait 24 hours, they said. I didn't sleep that night. In fact, I even took my car to that park you usually run in, but I didn't see you. I searched all the pubs, coffee shops, but my search was fruitless. You were nothing but a ghost that day, a mirage of that early winter morning. You know what I've always loved about you? And perhaps what made me always admire you? Your good-hearted positivism. You simply always had an explanation for everything, even though most of the time it was the most naive and random answer one could give. Nevertheless, it was an explanation. It was comfort. It was something amidst nothingness and chaos. But there was none of such that morning, nor the nights that followed. No explanation to soothe me, nor to comfort me. There were only questions after questions, with no answers. The epitome of being completely lost and alone. Hours went to days, then months, and now a full year. Yet something had happened a couple of days ago that gave me hope. Something unexpected. You see, when you disappeared, the police, as well as most of the town, had done various expeditions near the forested area you went hiking in. Camera footage of nearly all the streets and shops were checked, and the only time that you were seen was from a small camera that had a view of one of the main roads that connect to the entrance of the natural reserve. We saw you go in, but never out. Furthermore, a couple days ago, the media was stormed with another disappearance. Another girl was lost, abducted, or perhaps the worst, killed. She was young, around her 20s. Her whole life was ahead of her, but she was now somewhere far from home, family and friends, just like you. The thing that gave me hope was that the disappearance happened in the very same region where you were last seen. In fact, she was also seen lastly from the very same camera. It gave me hope, but your case was being neglected, well, from the police at least. But I never stopped searching, in fact, I never stopped caring. It would be dishonoring of me. I don't know how many times I visited that natural reserve where you jogged, both at the daytime and the nighttime, for I had hopes that perhaps, maybe, just maybe, I will learn what happened to you. Perhaps I would stumble upon your possible abductors. Perhaps I would also be killed or taken into some weird human trafficking system. Or the best case scenario would be to find you alive and well, clutched to a deep state of relief as you escaped from your abductors of the place of imprisonment. The next best case scenario would be to stumble upon your dead body for down deep. I know you are probably dead, and then we could have a proper burial. Do you know how sad it was to bury an empty coffin? An empty fucking coffin, Sarah. Why even host a funeral in the first place? And don't get me started on the bright idea 
that our fucking priest gave us some days prior to your funeral. Why don't you make a synthetic doll and bury it instead? I was held inches from his face by your father that day, for I swore I would send him to see God earlier than expected. A doll? What kind of joke is this? Do you think this is how I want the soil to bear your name with a lifeless cotton-filled version of you? Just thinking about it makes me furious. I don't even remember the funeral to be honest, for I was there only for the first 20 minutes when we praised your name. Knowing that we were burying air or a doll, as far as I was concerned, was beyond uncomfortable. So I left and headed home where I remained alone and drank myself to sleep. Excuse me for I got carried away. There were so many things gone wrong, my love, after you left me, for I do not know where to begin. My mind was restless ever since and even more of the recent events that I will transcribe later, much to my discomfort. As I said, I searched for you daily. I visited the same places in hope that I would find you or your body. I know that I made peace with myself, that perhaps you are in fact dead, but yet I want to know. I want to see you for one last time. I don't care if your white, smooth skin turned stiff and wrinkly from decomposition. I don't care if your beautiful eyes were eaten by maggots. I simply want to know where you are. Eventually, I did find you. And my God, did I find you. You and that other girl. And then it's when I realized that perhaps my wishes for knowing what happened vanished. Not everyone knows about this strange place in our natural reserve park. Even I stumbled across it by pure chance. Although after the events in which I'm about to describe, I doubt chance was ever at play to begin with. An accident, perhaps, is a strong word. It's strange to dictate what actually happened that day, but I'll do my best. I took the usual route from the entrance of the reserve. I walked the same marked route until I reached a small dense patch of land with a small trail leading deeper into it. There were no markings on that path but it was well kept as if recently tamed. A slight wind had picked up and the smell of nearby pines filled the air. Naked branches crackled as the wind caressed them. Critters shuffled amidst the dry leaves, seeking shelter as the scent of rain began to overwhelm my nostrils. A thin layer of ice and snow was shoveled on both sides of the trail as if revealing it to me. What lied before me was a small archway of dry branches interwoven as if a mystical gateway to another dimension. Amidst the sound of nature, there was something unnatural, something faint and distant that couldn't be precisely determined. Sometimes it was similar to a whisper, then as a chime and other times as a faint buzz or crackling sound of unnatural origin. I felt mesmerized by the ordeal, for I remember focusing my gaze into that deep and dark patch of woods. A strong sensation overwhelmed me, as if hypnotized. My body began to move, as if tricked by some unseen force. 
As I pressed through the dense arch, I was met with an eerie sensation, since the light of that faithful afternoon was almost immediately swallowed by the vast shadows. Tall, thick trees arched above me, making thin and slender shadowy tentacles that danced sinisterly into the cold and wet floor. Dense and thick roots covered the majority of the trail, swirling like natural vines onto the surface before striking deep into the ground. The last rays of sunlight pierced through the gaps, creating distant illusions, phantasmagorical phenomena, as unknown shapes were beginning to form in the distance. My eyes, however, were forced onto the trail, and the more I walked, the more my breath became heavier. Eventually, I lost track of time, because for a moment, I did not know how long I was even walking. My phone had no signal, and it seemed like time was moving slowly. At last, I think I reached a steep hill with rocky terrain. There was a carved staircase of wet steps that seemed to go upwards. I don't remember much of it, but flashes of me climbing do come eventually into my mind. What I do remember was what I saw at the top. Behind me, I could see the vast outline of the reserve stretching far and wide before seeing the towering city scrapers and apartment buildings in the distance. The sun was beginning to sink behind them, coloring the sky with broad strokes of crimson and orchid yellow. The same strange wind that had picked up earlier that afternoon came up again, bringing forth the coldness of the upcoming nightfall. The entrance that stood before me was similar to the one I saw at the bottom of the hill, but unlike the first one, the secret entrance now seemed far grimmer and barren. The colorless and lifeless wood branches draped and crackled as the wind flew between them. The wind was slightly stronger, and instead of unfamiliar sounds this time, I could very well hear voices, and one of them I could distinguish. It was your voice. Your beautiful, angelic voice pierced the sea of unknown, and it reached to me. It called me, and I knew that I had to move forward. My mindless body took control once more as it slowly made its way deeper into the forested trail. Here is where my memory becomes fragmented, as only slight images of the environment are what I can faintly remember. The harsh wind that came through the crackling branches the whispers of your voice that echo into the once silent winter night made me forget the steep mound that I had climbed. It made me not feel the thorny bushes that I rushed through, nor the knee-deep wet grass that soaked me. But finally, I came to a halt, and before me stood a vast open and dry land where silhouettes of trees were seen to be equally spaced. A slight mound of dirt was at the center of the trees and seemed to form some form of either elliptical or spiral pattern with the end being the center tree with the thickest of branches reaching upwards towards the sky. Night soon was felt upon me as the distant clouds began to form, bringing them the storm. I could see for just a while the faint glimpse of stars and eventually I began examining the area. The cold wind pressed hard into my cheeks as I could 
feel the freezing touch causing me to shiver violently. My pants were wet and I could feel the cold piercing my body even more as I moved. As I moved through the trees, in the darkness, I fumbled with my cold shivering hands to try and find my phone in order to open the flashlight. As I tried turning it on, I could swear I heard whispers all around me. I turned around like a maniac trying to find the source of the sound, but I was greeted with only darkness. Under the faint moonlight, I could distinguish odd shapes on the trees that made me quiver with fear. I stood near the center tree when I finally opened my flashlight. My eyes widened as the horror before me was unfolding. The once lifeless and simple trees were nothing but a morbid tomb. The trunks were twisted in unnatural ways, spiraling upwards towards the sky. But that was nothing compared to what my light was focusing on. Sketchy limbs of humans merged into the trunk as the ribs were seemingly part of the green and flaky bark of the tree. I saw your body contorted as if broken with your head tilted towards the entrance where I came from. I felt tears forming in my eyes as both fear and sadness overwhelmed me. Your skin once beautiful and fair was now a lifeless organic material that sagged and clumped into sickening ways. Fungi was sticking out of your torso, and next to your ribs another lifeless body was hanging. It was that girl who disappeared a couple of days ago, her body still fresh but being slowly absorbed by the tree. I gasped as I saw your head turn to me, and I could swear I heard you groan and moan as if in pain. A shriek emitted from your empty and hollow mouth causing birds to flee the scene flapping their wings as the branches crackled. I took a step backwards and tumbled into the muddy ground before crawling away from the grotesque horror. I gagged and puked and felt the world before me spinning. The stars above me began to swirl and creating a vortex of white lines as the corpses on the trees began pulsating. A cacophony of sounds soon took over, making me scream in agony. I could hear rustling of leaves amidst chaos of screams and moans. Echoes of broken limbs or branches were heard while the ground below me began to shake violently. I could feel the roots on the cold, muddy floor. They slithered sinister snakes trying to snare me. While getting up, I rested my hand onto one of the trees and could feel its slimy, pulsating texture as it moaned and screamed at me. I ran as fast as I could, but not before taking a last glimpse behind me. And there, under the pale moonlight, came a glimpse of you, what was left of you. Your head twirled as if in agony, your hollow eyes emitting sadness, and I could hear whispers of your voice calling me to get back, but I couldn't, my love. I simply couldn't. I don't remember much from my escape. In fact, everything seems rather blurry. I remember the rhythmic screams of terror that came from that wretched place. I remember my own screams as I exited the archway and as I almost tumbled down the stony hill. But how I got down was even more unclear. I felt the ground shaking violently. I think I saw the hill shaking after I exited the second archway, but the rest is faint images. 
I was found the very same night by some nearby teenagers. They saw me running and screaming as I exited the trail before finally collapsing onto the wet and muddy floor. Weeks had passed since my episode, and I never really told anyone about it, for I knew I would probably be called mad. But ever since memories and flashes of your face and those ghastly terrors that lurked above the unknown hill haunt me, every night, in my dreams, I hear your voice echoing, calling me to come back to that hill and snatch your body from that grotesque and eldritch prison but I've been holding back, yet I cannot take it anymore. For months now, I've been taking shots of morphine and combining alcohol, and I think I'm beginning to lose my sanity. Make of this what you will, whoever gets to read this message. Either this is the words of a delirious madman, or the tale of a sane lover, or even perhaps words based on ill delusions based on despair and loneliness. Whatever the case, I'm going up again tonight, for the echoes of my beloved Sarah are far more present now. I'm coming, love. I'm finally coming to save you. 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 To my forest friends, thank you for listening to another tale. I hope you enjoy these horrible stories as much as I do. If so, please rip at the like button and scratch a comment. And be sure to subscribe so we can visit here on the Smoking Owl Tales channel next time. And catch you on another night very soon. And catch you on another night very soon. Catch you on another night very soon. <laughs>